The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown or turnover back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, the place where you belong. The question, should Kirby Smart be the SEC Coach of the Year? Touchdown or turnover. Again, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, the place where you belong. ATFCU.com is their website. Better rates and better service. I say turnover. Should have been Nick Saban. Why? Should have been SEC Coach of the Year. Well, first, I'd like to say I would love to know when the votes were made. If if they were made after the SEC Championship game, which I assume that they were, it's it's a joke that Kirby was voted SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, and as I thought during the break of what do I value? Do I value you know a team going eleven and one and, and winning the SEC? championship game kind of like they were expected or Kirby doing what he was expected which technically he did not do what was expected because he didn't win the SEC championship game that that was a preseason expectation and, and he did not meet that expectation so I, I don't understand how he can be SEC coach of the year when he didn't meet that expectation I mean it, it was boom or bust for Kirby this year and he he did not boom he busted so um and, and like I I got to thinking, and like recruiting is seventy five percent of the job. It's seventy five percent of the job. So, I I think like Kirby should deserve credit for living up to the expectations because he got his team to that point, and and within a certain year, like he he did go undefeated, won the East, got to the SEC championship game. But again. Assuming that the votes were casted after the championship game, I don't understand how he can be SEC Coach of the Year because he he failed. That was the goal. SEC Championship game, national championship. Boom or bust this year, and he busted. Uh, whereas Nick Saban, I, he would get my vote um, because he went 11-1 in the regular season after losing Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Lost a, a couple key pieces in that Georgia secondary or uh, Alabama secondary. Uh, he had to replace a lot. And I, I know Alabama didn't always pass the eye test. And Nick Saban would not, have, would not have gotten my vote on Friday. But, again, assuming the vote is casted after the SEC championship game, him winning the SEC championship and beating down the number one team in the country – is what pushed it over the top for me. I think it is a very impressive coaching job to, to get Alabama to this point. I know they have all that talent, but to, to replace all of what was lost seamlessly, to do what, with Bryce Young, what has, he has been able to do this year. He, he won a Heisman the year after Mac Jones left. I mean, that is remarkable. And, and to, to look the way that they did against Auburn and to come out and, and beat down Georgia the way that they did, that's also an impressive coaching job so um as as difficult it is for me to do and as as much as i hate to do it nick saban would get my vote post sec championship game if that's when the vote would be casted 
Oh boy, always always a tough question here, especially this year, because I mean you can make the argument that that uh, what Lane did at Ole Miss was was pretty dang good. You can make the argument that what Josh Heupel did at Tennessee was pretty dang good, and those that have Nick Saban and have Kirby Smart in that conversation, their counter argument will be will say, well, they're supposed to be good because they they recruit at a high level. What coaching? Um, and you just mentioned that 75% of coaching is recruiting. You don't get dinged for doing a great job of recruiting. That's actually part of the title as a coach. So you get points for that. I look at the entire season. In the entire season, which was more impressive, what Nick Saban did at Alabama or what Curry Smart did at Georgia? And Alabama did not play like the number one team in the country for – the you know majority of the season now they number one right now, but they didn't play like it. I saw a tweet uh, where Peter Burns had uh, said on on a radio show that Alabama beat Georgia when Alabama had their worst team in the you know Nick Saban era or one of the worst teams in the last ten years of Alabama and beat a Georgia team that had their best team in the last four forty years. Georgia, what they were able to do this season, which was basically dominate everybody except for one game, to me, I would give it to Kirby because of the body of work the entire season. Now, that's championship, I mean, the SC championship game, the result of the game was what I expected. I expected for Alabama because they have the personnel offensively to beat, to beat Georgia. I expected for Nick Saban to out-coach Kirby Smart in that one game. But the reason why I would give the the slight edge to Kirby, um, even though I feel the way I feel about Kirby Smart, this is me putting my emotions to the side and looking at the full body of work, it's hard for me to give it to anyone else besides Kirby when you look at that how, how dominant that defense was, how dominant Georgia was, in every single game this season, except for one. And Alabama, even though they now have the same record, Alabama won the head-to-head, they didn't play as well as Georgia for the majority of the season. So I would give a slight edge. We're splitting hairs here on on who should get the award because we just named four people that are probably deserving of there's, the award. There's a lot of coaches who deserve to, to – have their name in the conversation. And thank you to the text box for reminding a couple of names that I was forgetting. Sam Pittman deserves to be in that conversation. Yep. I would not at all vote for Mark Stoops, but he led Kentucky to a 9-3 and three season. He deserves to be in the conversation. Doesn't deserve to win it, but he should be mentioned. He led Kentucky to a 9-3 and three season. That is hella impressive. It's Kentucky football, and they went 9-3. and three. His, See, his, but, but his that, that's what we're mix. looking at the logo instead of just looking at the team. The team is comprised of good transfers and veterans. If you just take the logo off the helmet, he's supposed to go nine and three. When you look at their schedule, yes, but we're also rewarding Georgia and Alabama for doing what they're supposed to, to do and meeting preseason expectations. I'm not. I, I haven't said anything about expectations. I was just talking about the job it, itself. Um, the job itself, for me, is more important than than just 
looking at expectations. And I know that's part of it because that's, a why, that's why Hype was in the conversation, right? Because the expectations were that Hype was only going to win three, four, maybe five games, and Hype has a chance to win eight games. So I understand that's part of it. But for me, I look at the job at hand. Mm-hmm. And what Mark Stoops did was take a team that was pretty good as far as you know, the, the veterans that he had on his team, the personnel, he went out and won in the transfer portal. And that's part of coaching too, right? That's recruiting. Um, I don't mind putting Stoops in that conversation, but I thought Stoops did what he was supposed to do with that roster and the schedule was was to win nine games. What you just said a moment ago is only as far as I'm taking it. Stoops deserves to be in the conversation. That, that's that's my yeah, yeah, only yeah, yeah. point. I I'm, agree. I'm not voting for him. He wouldn't be in my – Top three, top four, he, he would not. I'm just saying the point that I was trying to make and making is that there are a lot of coaches who it makes sense for their, their name to come up in the conversation. Shane Beamer getting to six wins is, is worthy of his name being mentioned in the conversation, in my opinion. Josh Heupel obviously deserves to be mentioned. Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart. Well, they must, we might as well mention everybody then. But, that, it was that type of season in the SEC. A lot of teams yeah. – Overachieved. When you think about it, Sam Pittman, Lane Kiffin, uh, Shane Beamer, Josh Heupel, all those teams overachieved. Mark, Mark Stoops met expectations, and, and I'm sorry, it's as simple as going 9-3 and three at Kentucky for you to be in the conversation. Yeah. It's that simple for me personally. Yeah. And then you do have the, the top of Nick Saban and, and Kirby Smart as well. Yeah, what, what, what Kirby did for the entire season, pretty, pretty damn good. Like, I they, I they, can't get nah, the SEC championship game out of my mind. I understand. I, I, it, it erases all the goodwill that they built up during the season. Like, Even though, like I said earlier, and, and you talked about it as well, Alabama didn't meet the eye test at times this season. Georgia, looking the way that it did in the SEC championship game, puts the thought in my head that I, I'm going to give more credence to what Alabama did, even despite not looking great at times because they were in the West and, and – I almost think now that Georgia just took advantage of a down SEC East. I what gives me what what makes me give Kirby the edge here over Nick is the Texas A&M game for Alabama. Like A&M had a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and you look at A&M this season and how they have played before and after Alabama game. You're, you're like, how how did you lose to Texas A&M? So, yeah, Georgia lost to Alabama for the first loss, but Alabama's only loss was to Texas A&M, who lost to LSU, a team that at times looked like they checked out. So, who's the better coach, Nick or Kirby? Well, it's Nick, duh, no doubt about it. And who outcoached who in the SC Championship game? Well, it's Nick outcoached Kirby. But the, for me, the award is about a body of work from the start of the season to – the end of the regular season, and for me, Kirby was freaking dominant. Ugh, as much as I hate to say it, he was. It's just, it, it's all about what you value mm-hmm. in, in this conversation. Yeah. Do yeah. Do you value the the dominant team that technically did what it was supposed to do, or or do you value the 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 coach that that overachieved? Yeah. It, it's all about what you what you value. I mean, the coach that probably overachieved the most in the SEC would be Tennessee. It would be Josh Heupel or Sam Pittman. Yeah. I mean, well, Sam was in the second season. 
I know, but I, I still think back to them losing however many games in a row that they did when he took when he took over. I mean, Sam Pittman. And it had been like 18, 19 straight SEC losses. Yeah, but that like. And they went eight and four in a tougher division. Won all three rivalry games. Got all three rivalry trophies. But they, but 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 they did that last year. I felt like they exceeded expectations last year in Sam Pittman's first year when they, you know, curb stomped us. And when they competed in Sam Pittman's first year, I wasn't necessarily thrown off with, you know, and, and surprised that much about what he did this year as I was last year when they took it to us in the second half. Pruitt's third season versus Sam Pittman's first season, mm-hmm. coaching a program that had not won an SEC, game, SEC conference game in years. So, like, Sam Pittman last year shot me more than Sam Pittman this year. Second year into the system for these offensive guys. You got NFL dudes and trailing Burks. You got a quarterback that's pretty damn good, too. Um, I just I just, I just, just wasn't as surprised. Heupel, first year, and to do what he did in this first year is a little more impressive to me than what Sam Pittman did in his second season. Not saying that. You know, hype was better than Pittman. Pittman yeah, is yeah. better than Hypo. Not you know going there. I'm just saying like what is more impressive to me: Hypo's first season or Sam Pittman's second season? To me, it's Hypo's first season. Just taking the records and putting it to the side. Just understanding what Hypo had to deal with when he took over the job. Pittman didn't have to deal with that stuff in the second season. You want a hot take? Please. I've got. A, I've got. A, I. I don't think it's that hot of a take. The hottest McKee. But I. I think. I'm saying it's going to be a hot take because I, I think you're, you're going to strongly disagree with me. I think Kirby Smart's coaching job this year was the fifth best in the SEC. Okay. Based off of kind of what he had to work with. I think Nick Saban's coaching job this year was more impressive just based off of what all Saban lost and, and then going on to win the SEC championship game and, and knocking off number one in the – in in the game when everybody thought they were going to get beat down. Saban loses players every year, though. I know, but okay. he's taking a redshirt freshman after losing Mac freaking Jones and, and is winning the Heisman. Okay. I, I think Nick Saban's coaching job this year was more impressive than Kirby Smart's. Okay. Sam Pittman, he did more with less. Kirby underachieved as of right now. He did. Did he not? It was an SEC championship or bust, and in the biggest game of the year, after playing one of the easiest schedules on the planet, Clemson was their best win. Clemson and Kentucky Kentucky and Tennessee. Kentucky was their best win. Oh, and you just crapped on Kentucky like five minutes ago when I brought Mark Stoops up. I understand. So, like, if, if they play in the West, like, I don't think Georgia goes unscathed. Like, I truly believe that. So, I, I think Sam Pittman's coaching job was better. And I think Josh Heupel's coaching job was better. I think Lane Kiffin's coaching job was better. Nick Saban, Josh Heupel, Sam Pittman, Lane Kiffin. I think all four of those coaches did, a, did, did more with, with what they have than, than with what Kirby did with what he has. And, and, and I, I realize that, that Kirby is, is in the college football playoffs. And, I mean, there's still a good chance that they win the national championship. 
And if that's the case, then I will be completely wrong on this take. But that game on Saturday, that performance on Saturday, just completely flipped my opinion on this Georgia team and, and Kirby Smart for this year. I mean, to take a team and have a defense go out and not allow more than 17 points until December, whew, that's, that's, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, I know. That's 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 pretty that's that's pretty impressive to me, man. It is the, the sure it is. dominance from the start of the season all the way up until the first week of December. That's that's pretty impressive. I, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into the debate about you uh, about which job was was more impressive. All I'm saying is because I don't really want to defend Kirby here. I really don't want to. I don't I don't want to, Ben. I'm not gonna let you force me to defend Kirby. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not defending Kirby. No, well, you, I'm making you defend Kirby because you, you've made me stick up for Kentucky and Mark Stoops. <laughs> not, so I'm, I'm going to make you stick up for Kirby because you made me stick up for Stoops. And, and honestly, I dislike Mark Stoops in Kentucky more than I dislike Georgia right now at, at this present time. You should because Just Kentucky. Slick little comments it, yeah, and so hates, on and so forth. Hates yes. Tennessee with a passion. Now, yes. Georgia did set us up, you know, set us up for the NCAA they did hammer, which they, I that, they did that, that that bugs me more than the little comments here and there. Golly, man! Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. But all those coaches did a really good job. Who who was the worst SEC coach of the year? Uh, the coach that didn't win a game. Or, uh, I think it was I think it was Dan Mullen had the worst coaching job, and this is from Green Axe. Maybe more fun to talk about the worst coach, Mullen or Clark Lee. The worst coaching job was, was Dan Mullen. Mullen. It's Dan Mullen. It's Dan Mullen. Yeah. To <laughs> lose control, to get beat down the way you did against South Carolina, a team that Tennessee absolutely took behind the woodshed, and the game was over um, before halftime. Missouri losing to Missouri the way you did. Dan Mullen gets the worst. Coaching job award. Hands down. Hands down. I like this conversation a whole lot better. 865 25503. Be right back. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 till 10, right here. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. 
Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Voted Best Barbecue in City View Magazine and a Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in the Country, Dead End is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering and local delivery with Valet Gourmet. That's right, you can have Dead End brought to you. Can't think of the spread for your next event? Get Dead End to cater it. Check them out online, deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. to David in Louisville here on the Swain event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Our number two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Use the promo code Swain event for 100% match on your first deposit up to $400 for new customers only. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Ben. I've 
I I think we have a little special going on. Oh, I like specials. You like specials? I love specials, especially this time of year. From now until the Super Bowl, Action 247 is upping your deposit bonus to $800. $800. This is in place of the previous $400 deposit match. So when you use the promo code Swain Event to make your first deposit, Action 247 at TN Action 247 on Twitter, they will double your money up to $800. $800. That is big time. That is big time. Let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, David in Louisville. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, living the dream. Glad to be here today. Hey, um, when did that promo code go into effect, Swain? Because um, we might have to talk off. Uh, I just put in my four hundred. So uh, we've been ro- we've been rocking the promo code, uh, the new one. Yeah, the new one. You just told me while I was on hold because I'm I'm short four hundred now. On my uh, my balance. We uh, I got the 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 notice about that yesterday. See. See and I okay. Uh, so when did you uh, when did you throw fine. it in there yesterday? Uh, yeah, early yesterday. Okay, well, wait, wait, let me let's talk off air. That sounds good. No, just a couple things. So again, y'all are splitting hairs, going back and forth. I agree with you. I think it's subjective. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on who's voting. It depends on what what body of work you're looking at. What your expectations were, blah blah blah. Alabama was supposed to go eleven and one, twelve and zero. Georgia was supposed to go eleven and one, twelve and zero. They were both supposed to go to Atlanta and play each other, and they did. So they met expectations. So, in my opinion, Mark Stoops was supposed to go nine and three this year, and he did. Lane Kiffin wasn't supposed to go ten and two though, with the worst defense statistically, I think, like ever in college football the year before. Yep. I just, in my opinion, if I was a if I had a vote, I would say, okay, yeah, look at Georgia's roster. And I know recruiting's part of it. Look at Alabama's roster. Look what the preseason expectations were. They met. They played. They both have identical records. Lane Kiffin was 10-2. and two. He didn't get to go to Atlanta. He wasn't expected to. But he also was not expected to win 10 games. Um, so the turnaround, I think what he's done in Oxford, to me, is the best coaching job. Um, in the conference, and and that's just my two cents on it. What Josh Heupel did is amazing, but you can't deny a coach winning ten games in Oxford in year two. I mean, that, that's crazy. Making history. Um, yep. uh, yeah. Um, and then two other points, real quick. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if somehow Cincinnati uh, beat Alabama and Michigan somehow beat Georgia, and we had a Cincinnati Michigan? National championship game, and Georgia and Alabama have to sit at home and and watch the Big Ten and the AAC play. That'd be be great. Last year with COVID was the worst year ever. This year would be the best year ever if if Cincinnati and uh, Michigan played in the national championship. That would be amazing. That would be great for for SEC fans. Yes. Yes. That'd be beautiful. That'd be a beautiful thing to see. And then the last point, and I'll get off here, because you mentioned it. 
Nothing grinds my gears more <laughs> than watching one of the worst coaching jobs ever at probably the University of Florida. And this clown, Cousin Eddie, gets $6 million within the first 30 days of him getting canned and a million for the next six. So yep. you get paid to suck is what you're telling me, right, as a coach. Yep, yep, pretty much. And then last thing, so I'm getting a bunch, you know, you know I'm at. I'm in a little duck, mm-hmm. so I'm getting a bunch of this, uh, we, just stole, we just stole your best running back. And I ain't replied to nobody yet because, you know, I, I ain't got time for all that right now. But, I mean, I just want to tell him, make sure he goes to class. You know what I mean? But I, I'm just I'm just saying. What about what do I say to these fools that keep texting my phone like we're still in your recruits now? <laughs> your players now. What do I say to them? Um, Tennessee's not losing any sleep and Tennessee is in a position to upgrade and Tennessee had basically been okay with moving forward from Tyon Evans mid season. So they might think that Tennessee's over here heartbroken because they air quote stole, you know, our best back. But <laughs> on the field, he's really good. But it's a lot of stuff that comes with Evans that this coaching mm-hmm. staff in year one really wasn't trying to deal with. And I hope that Tyon, you know, has learned, you know, how to go about being a you know, student athlete at this level at a big time program and, and handles his business off the field. Um and practices consistently, so that way he can he can play. This ain't high school where you 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 don't practice, but you want to play. It's not that's not the way it works here. I hope that he has learned that lesson in Louisville. And if he does not, then your friends who who are texting you now will will be like, "Oh man, I didn't." Know. Yeah, I think I'll <laughs> take the high road. You know that little emoji with the dude with like the hands, like you know, what am I supposed to do? Like you know. I'm just going to say, you know, good luck to you. We'll, we'll be okay. And I'll just take the high road. We'll, we'll I ain't be okay. break it all the way down for him. We'll yeah. be all right. All right, love you guys. Man. See you, man. Much love. Back. Tennessee's in position to get several running backs, either um, from the portal, high school, but Tennessee's in a position to take multiple backs. And the one from the portal, Zach Evans, is better than Tyon Evans. Yes. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's still work to do to be able to get Zach Evans. Uh, it's going to be a battle between Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. Um, Tennessee is in a good spot there. So we'll see. Uh, Rodney was asking earlier in the show about Justin Williams and if Auburn was about to, to steal him from us. Because Williams had been trending to Tennessee. Well, I mean, if, if Auburn fans follow him more than Tennessee fans, then it's going to be an Auburn lock. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think Auburn's going to steal him from us. I remain confident in the position that Tennessee is in. <laughs> With Justin Williams. Swain, what would you do in terms of adding a fifth receiver in this recruiting class? We, we talked in the opening segment about how I like Tennessee's receivers class. I realize that it's, it's not four and five stars. It's not Brett Smith, Robert Meacham, and Jason Swain coming in. I, I get that from a star perspective. But I, I think they're, they're really intriguing and promising prospects. 
um, assuming that Tennessee gets Caleb Webb, which uh, I think Tennessee is in a great position to do so here in the near future. And that begs the question, do you add C.J. Smith if you can? The receiver who decommitted from Florida earlier this week was on an official visit to Tennessee this past weekend. He is a two-sport athlete. He is also a sprinter who has verified times of 10.28 seconds in the 100 meters and 21.40 seconds in the 200 meters, but he hasn't necessarily been able to stay healthy. So I think that is something that... What are his injuries? uh, All all I'm aware of this past season uh, is is that he missed a, a large portion of his senior season after undergoing surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus. So there, there is some injury concern, and, and I don't believe that that's the only injury that he's had to deal with during high school. I just don't know the other ones. I, I just know of that one. He was in a big old brace when I saw him at the airport over the weekend. Um, but A, the, the main question here is, is he worth taking as a fifth receiver in this recruiting class, assuming that Tennessee does land Caleb Webb, which would make the fourth one? Five receivers in a recruiting class is a lot, especially when you have needs all over the board. All right, who's who's coming back at wide receiver? I believe Cedric Tillman's coming back. Tillman. Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt. Jimmy Calloway. I'd put Jimmy Holiday as a maybe. As so, a question did you mark. say Callaway coming back? I think Jimmy Callaway's coming back. I, I think he has had a realization similar to Jalen Hyatt's over the last couple of weeks of kind of what he needs to do. I'm putting a question mark. I, it's fair to put a question mark, but he's not as big of a question mark to me as a, as a Jimmy Holiday. Gotcha. I agree. That make, I know that's splitting hairs, but no, no, no. I, I, I definitely lean towards – I would be honestly somewhat surprised if Callaway entered the portal at this point. There's no reason for him to enter the portal. He just needs to grow up, and, and yes. everything he needs to be successful is right here. And I think he, real, he kind of has realized that it's, it's been more about him and not the coaches. It ain't the coaches. So I, which is a good first step <laughs> to, to fixing things. You've got to recognize your own mistake first. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think Callaway comes back. I'd put him in that list, Callaway, Hyatt. Tillman, I guess Ramel Keaton's coming back. He counts as a number. And obviously this year proved that he will play. So That's five. Uh, that, Walker Merrill. Yeah, I got five for Walker Merrill. Anderson Kobe. I think that's it. This group ain't good enough. You put did you write Jimmy Holiday down? Holiday? Yes. No, I didn't. I didn't think he's going to be here. But put him down. Still not good enough. Well, and I said put him in the question mark. Even category. if all of them come back, that's still. How many receivers do you need? You want to have t- you want to have ten to twelve. How many? How many do you need that you can count on? And how many do you need in the room? How many of these guys do you would you count on? Huh? How many of these group? guys that I mentioned? Only Tillman. Right now. So let's say best case scenario. Two out of the remaining grows, gets better, and now you feel good about three. That's still not good enough. So let's say nobody transfers, which that's, for me, hard to believe, the wide receiver. 
But that's still seven. You want between 10 and 12. And I've heard some coaches say they want 12 receivers. You run an offense where you, I mean, you let receivers not even block or do anything sometimes so they can get a little, get a little rest. Do you want to continue to do that? Or do you want to have a, a rotation that's a little bit deeper so that way you keep the defensive players honest and you at least put pressure on the defense players so they don't get a rest too. The cornerback don't get a rest too on a particular play. At least you can sub in a, a receiver and run him off, put in another receiver, forcing that DB to have to run all the way back and cover a new receiver. I don't know that Tennessee's going to have that for another – Two years, though. But I'm saying, just yeah, because of how you definitely won't if you don't get you know bring enough guys. Here, here, here's my question though. Like, even though they're adding four receivers, potentially a fifth, they're going to be true freshmen. And I mean, I don't think it's very smart to go into the season and, and thinking just because I'm adding four or five bodies to the receiver room, like, oh, we're good now. Like, no. I, I'd rather take that fifth spot and go find another Javante Payton. Hey, the fifth spot, whether it's high school or transfer port, I don't really care. But I think you need to you need to start – you need to bring in – you need to bring in five receivers probably. Because this group right here, they just haven't shown me anything to where I should feel confident about them taking the next step outside of – Said to tell me, when they show that this spring, then I'll have a different opinion. But my opinion right now is this group is not good enough. I mean, I agree with you. I just I don't think just because you bring in four or five high school guys that that, that your problem is solved. No, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that. But it, bringing in five is better than bringing in four because you have an opportunity to add more competition. You have more options. And especially a guy that's that's you know running ten two, if he is anywhere close to being an old self when he gets healthy, I just think this group is needing some severe help, it, and maybe I, it's a transfer portal. I, I mean, that's the I mean that's the original question, right? Do you go five high school receivers or yes, not? Yes, I would say no. I will go transfer portal. I would say yes if they think. C.J. Smith is going to be a star. If, if they really believe in their evaluation and think he's going to be a stud and they can land him, that'd be the only way that I would say yes. If, if they're hesitant, then I'd go with the four high school guys and go get a portal guy. Here's the only thing, though. And honestly, I don't even know that I'd try to get a Javante Payton. I'd try to get a guy with, with more than just one year of eligibility. But here's the thing, though. You already have three receivers committed. Mm-hmm. Probably so, about to have a fourth. Probably going to have a four. So when you have that fourth, and the fifth one may be better than one of the fourth that you already have committed, mm-hmm. then what are you going to do? Because I have questions about how good Nimrod really is. I have questions because... He's probably a... Developmental guy more so than the others for sure. Yeah, 
I mean, 6'3", 180, and it, you know, he he ran in front of the coaches, and they they saw his speed, felt comfortable enough with him. But I don't have questions about Squirrel White. No. Even though he's a smaller guy, I don't have questions about him. I checked out Cam Miller's game. I don't have questions about him as a football player. I watched Nimrod's game, and the 40 speed is faster than the game speed from watching the, watching the film. Um, and so this is this is what the staff will have to you know kind of have to figure out. And his 40 time wasn't even that great. He said that he believes he was timed at a 4.54 during his workout with Tennessee. So even even that 40 speed is not the greatest for a receiver. Obviously, I think I was I think I was told this 40 time. I mean, that was um, from from his mouth. Yeah, but not disputing you, obviously. Yeah, I was told his 40 time from the people that actually like timed it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, Did, do you remember your reaction? Yeah, my reaction was that's 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 good enough to to play. Hey. That's, that's fast enough to play. And they but they view him as an out. Side receiver too, but that's without pads. And I looked at the game film, and the game film does, didn't match the forty speed in shorts to me. Did Did you take mental notes of anything in his game on the film aside from speed? I mean, did 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 you like other things that he was doing? Um, anything else stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, his ball skills. But I always take in consideration like the, the competition too, right? So like, was, this is like a little. Little Peter and Timmy, they're like, going up against going up against me at corner, pretty much. And so, and that's how it all looks. Hey, I have a, I have a big wingspan, man. All right, uh, Candy Chandler, but that's how, that, but that's how it all looks on on, on highlight films. Hey, Rick, Rick said Kennedy's what was what, Kennedy like? How tall is Kennedy? Is six like foot, six but one? his wingspan is like six seven. And and Rick said at the press conference the other day that really makes him like six five. So if I'm five eleven and three fourths, and I have a long long wingspan I, I don't know exactly what it is but it but it's a long one um can you scratch your kneecap standing up mm-hmm. maybe this is long there no i think i come like just above my kneecaps <laughs> but that that yeah, i'm technically 511 and 34 so long wingspan makes me what like 6263 that's how that works right that, that, that's what you want but they they also don't envision him Chaz Nimrod coming in and, and being squirrel wide or a burner. I mean, he's he's more of a Cedric Tillman. But don't you kind of have to have some dudes that will push? Like you need you need some players that at least going to come in and push. Oh, I, I think Chaz Nimrod's going to come in and push those those guys that you wrote down. Ramel Keaton. Yeah, it's Ramel Keaton, bro. Anderson Kobe. It's Anderson Kobe. All right, we'll see. I don't know. I I. I don't know. Like when I watched the film, I didn't. If he does I, like, I didn't have that reaction. I I had a reaction of I don't know. Now Squirrel White will be pushing some dudes if he, you know, indeed signs. He's a guy that I'm like, all right, y'all don't notice. Plays a freshman. <laughs> like y'all don't notice this dude plays at Clay Chartful down in Alabama. Big time. They play football down there. They compete down there. There's competition down there, and this dude is a football player. Current receivers. If squirrel white signs, you are on notice. Yes, Walker Merrill, <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. You are on notice. Yeah. You 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 slot guys. You are on notice. If if Cody Burns needs to light a fire under any slot receivers this offseason or going into the offseason, just go ahead and put on that tape of Squirrel White. 
Mm-hmm. Sit him down and show him the tape of Score White. Mm-hmm. This dude is is coming. So we'll we'll see about Chaz Nimrod. I I I, I don't have a strong take either way. I just find it hard to believe that like there's some guys in that room that no longer need to be at Tennessee. And it's hard not to believe that guys coming in wouldn't pass them up. If you're going to have this offense, you better have some dudes at receiver. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm, you better have some dudes. I, I get it. Because the reason why Tennessee was able to do what we were able to do this season and, 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 and you know, exceed this, these expectations, you had – Three veteran receivers. But even that. That like had they, their best year of their career. Right. Now, all three of these guys had the best year of their career, Ben. Mm-hmm. That's what it took yep. for us to be dynamic on offense. Three receivers had the best year of their careers. And even then, I mean, they weren't rotating guys in and out. I mean, it was just those three. Just those three. Unless somebody got hurt. And the, the only time Ramel Ke- What's that? And then, you know, two of those guys will be gone. Yes. The only time Ramel Keaton or Jalen Hyatt came in was if – was when Javante Payne got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Or when the other or, guys needed a blow because or, Bayless was doing special teams duties as well. Yes, or or when Tillman got blown up a couple times and needed a player two off. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. He hurt his, he hurt his uh, hand or wrist or something in the Ole Miss game. So this this group – along with other groups, needs a lot of attention. But if your bread and butter is going to be on explosive plays down the football field, you better have some guys who are explosive play able. And, you know, I think Jalen Hyatt is going to have a, a nice offseason. Uh, the, t- the clock is ticking there. I think he uh, was humbled this season. Hopefully Jimmy, Jimmy um, Callaway was, was humbled. At least he should have been. He hasn't played – a significant role since Florida uh, that he was humbled, and you know he takes he takes coaching and he understands what he has to do to be a productive student athlete, and all the the resources and the opportunities that he has on the field and off the field. I hope he takes that serious and listens to the people around him, and I hope there's people around him that that he can talk to. Uh, I really do that he trusts. They can give him that sh- that raw productive advice that these that these players need not just at Tennessee but across the country there's a perception and then there's a reality mm-hmm. that some of these dudes think that you can carry yourself a certain type of way and you're just gonna go to the league nah <laughs> nah like some of these high school players think that oh yeah I'm about to get these offers yeah I'm about to play SEC I'm about to do this I'm about to do that nah it don't work that way you need Real people in your corner giving you the hardcore truth so you don't walk around here looking like boo-boo the fool when you get hit in the face with reality. That's what people need. And we don't have enough of that. No. We, so, got, we got too many yes men, got too many you know, unqualified people in these players' corners telling them stuff that's not true and telling them stuff that is only hurting their progression. That's what we got going on. A lot more than ever before. So should Tennessee take five high school receivers? I say yes if they 1,000% believe in C.J. Smith. Well, if you, if you, have, if you don't have any success in a portal, I think you got to get in the portal. Man. I, I prefer 
the the four high school guys that it looks like they're going to sign, plus a, a portal receiver, if not two. Here's the problem: is like we just had a ten minute, fifteen minute conversation about needs at receiver, and for me, receiver's not at the top of the list on the roster of positions that need the most help. Defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, all ahead of receiver. I 1,000% believe that. I don't think defensive back is ahead of receiver. Tennessee needs a safety. I would rather add a stud safety than a stud receiver because at least you already have a stud receiver. Yeah, but you I just, know it's you not just, that simple. You just got one. I know, I know, but I'd rather have one than none. And right now, there ain't none in the in the secondary. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. And I, I, I just don't like Tennessee's safety situation. You, you're replacing I, Alante as as well. I, I, I which is why they've they've gone out and gotten a what's it two JUCO DBs now, Desmond Williams, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. It's that time of year where there's so many. No, I'm not forgetting anybody. I was thinking of uh, Jordan Thomas and Christian Harrison, but there are other JUCO DBs that that Tennessee is after. Keontae Scott, who is a a stud, everybody in the country is trying to get him. Uh, Marcus Gilbert, he he is a JUCO safety that Tennessee really likes, but seems like he's trending towards Auburn. He's the number one JUCO safety in the country. I think you need a Game ready, environment ready, big stage ready receiver from the portal. Like not one that's like, oh man, it's ooh, I, I gotta get used to this big stage. I gotta get used to catching the crossing pattern against Florida at the swamp on third down. That moment was too big for you know a young player in Jimmy Hall- uh Jimmy Callaway. Like we, you, you gotta go get you a Valus. You got to go with you a Javante Payton. I completely agree with you. I just still think that each level of the defense is, is a bigger need right now. That, that, I'm saying that that portal guy has to be one of the five. Not taking five high school players and then taking a sixth receiver from portal. I mean, I think the portal receiver needs to be one of the five, which means somebody got, got to go. That's what it means. It's, it's, it's not going to be Chaz Nimrod. Well, I guess I, I guess you're just not gonna sign Smith then. You you're not gonna bring him in because un, he didn't unless, get in the boat in early early as the other guys. Un, unless Squirrel goes elsewhere, Squirrel might go somewhere else. Squirrel, and 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 it's not like a do we take C.J. Smith or not? I mean, Tennessee still has to go and be the school that he wants to come to. I mean, he still has visits to to Georgia and A and M potentially scheduled. So it's not even like a oh yeah, C.J. Smith wants to come. Should we take him? Like. Do we take him, and how do we get him to Tennessee is, is the question. Well, what if Squirrel wants to stay and everybody stays? Then what, what do you do with Smith? You say no. I, th- I think it's – I don't think that they're uh, making as many in-home visits to, to see Chaz Nimrod. I mean, they've already done like two or three with him. They were back to see him last night too. So, I mean, I think that's pretty indicative of how they feel about him. Hey, man, you, 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 don't, you never know what might happen. You recruit everybody, whether they committed or uncommitted, or even committed to other schools. <laughs> the same way, because you never know. 
This is this is why I'm looking forward to next Wednesday. See what happens. Well, what my, shakes out. Maybe you know something that I, that I don't. Maybe but. I. Maybe you do. You just ain't using your damn brain. Well, I just. I just, maybe you ain't using your brain. Maybe you ain't thinking. Maybe you got a. Maybe you got your mind on the Steelers game. No, tonight. I haven't thought about it since <laughs> hour one. There are players that Tennessee is commi- uh, that is rec- that that's, that they're recruiting mm-hmm. that's committed to s- somewhere else mm-hmm. that they currently have commitments for in that same position, but you continue to recruit all of the players the same, which is hard. Yes, as if you want them because you never know. What's going to shake out next Wednesday? Hmm. That's my point. Well, I'm I'm glad that we agree on the uh, the the fifth receiver needs to be a, a transfer receiver. No, we agree, we agree there. I I want I want experience. I want I want experience. Oh, I'm with you. Look, I I do not feel good at all about Cedric Tillman being the only guy returning that you can count on. Mm-hmm. Because he like there's no like you and I both think that Squirrel White's gonna come in and, and push for playing time right away. If he comes. There's no guarantee that he will though. In terms of competing for early playing that you just don't know how kids are gonna react once they finally get to campus. I saw that film. I've seen it too. And I, no, listen, I don't know receiver play like you do, but squirrel, it'll take a genius to figure out he's a baller. Squirrel White highlight film, there's not one person. In our group right now, that's coming back, they can do with Squirrel White. He's doing so, all this are, are you willing to guarantee that if he signs with Tennessee, that he will play significantly as a true freshman? I'm saying. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> are you willing to guarantee? <laughs> I'm saying. Are you willing to guarantee? There's not one person in this group of receivers we just named that's coming back next year that can do what Squirrel White can do. I agree. But are you willing to guarantee that Squirrel White will play significantly as a freshman. That depends on how, how smart he is as a football player. That depends on how he takes care of business and stuff like that. So, no. The, the answer I'm is, not willing to guarantee is, anything. Exactly. And that's my point. You just don't know. So, I absolutely think Just like you don't know about Jimmy receiver. Callaway and what he's going to do during all season. Great. You don't know how Jalen Hyatt's going to do. You, you don't know how any of these, these guys that need to take a step are going to react this all season. It, it's easy to talk the talk in, in December going into a bowl game. That, oh, yeah, I need to fix this, need to fix that. Are you actually going to do it this offseason? Yeah. Physically, there's not anybody that can do what Squirrel White can do, is what I'm saying. All right, let's get to the phones uh, before, we, before we get to break. So, who we got there? I didn't check the name because we were going back and forth. Let's go. Let's go. Let's find out. Good morning. Let's open up this Christmas present. Who we have? It's, it's Justin in Florida. Justin oh, yeah. in Florida. Was, That's a nice Christmas present. Nice surprise. Eh, debatable. He's a Red Sox fan. <laughs> Good morning, Justin. Swain, do, do me a favor. Uh, actually, never mind. I was going to say slap him upside the back of the head, but I'm sure whoever the Steelers are playing tonight are going to handle that for me. Yeah, yeah, the team that beat the Lions last week, or lost to the Lions. The Patriots ain't losing. Okay, we'll, 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 see how, we'll, we'll see how tonight goes. No, I 1,000% expect the Steelers to lose because that's the type of things that happen to the Steelers. Uh, are you playing at an angle? They can lose to anybody. They can beat anybody. Well, well, Ben, as painful as painful as it is to uh, agree with you, I, I definitely agree that defensive line is probably number one on the concern list right now. But uh, I definitely am going to throw uh, the wide receiver group in behind that, and and here's why: is 
who is going to be on the outside next year opposite of Tillman. Now, I think if you look at the wide receiver room, we've got slot receivers for days. But who is going to be that outside presence? And I agree with you that you can't rely on high school kids to step in and do it. If they're able to, that's fantastic. That's great. But you can't, you know, assume that big of a jump, number one. So I agree with you, Swain. I think you've got to find at least one guy who can play on the outside uh, opposite Tillman because I don't think there's a, a guarantee. I think it's highly likely Tillman comes back, but there's no guarantee, number one. Number two, God forbid if there was ever an injury and he was not available, who steps into that spot? I think from the outs- like from an outside receiver standpoint, we are really, 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 really thin. And I'd love to hear your all's thoughts on that. We are thin. Yeah, that's been kind of the the conversation as, as we're listing guys that we expect to return. And that group is for us to do what we want to do with this offense. It's not good enough. I mean, one thing if we had like a you know, 2007 team, I mean, in 2017, the leading scorer, leading receiver was Lucas Taylor. He had 1,000 yards. And you had a bunch of guys that You had like a young, you had a you know a young um, Gerald Jones. Get Josh Briscoe and Austin Rogers, and I mean you you didn't have a group of receivers that Tennessee had last year, but you still were able to go to the SEC championship game against LSU in 07. like. I don't think you can have that type of group in Josh Heupel's offense and do what you want to do as far as putting up points and being explosive. You need more wide receiver. The reality of the situation is that every position on the team, outside of quarterback, assuming Hendon returns, outside of quarterback, kicker, and punter, every single position needs help. Yeah, and and this puts pressure, and I'm pointing the finger at Hyatt to step up. I'm pointing the finger at Callaway to step up. These are two guys that have been here multiple years. Here's an opportunity for Walker Merrill, who's going to be entering his second season. But I think I'm, he has a chance to be a playmaker. I think he's good. I think he's a nice route runner. Uh, I think he has a chance to be really good. But I'm looking at you, Jalen Hyatt. I'm looking at you, Jimmy Callaway. It's time for y'all to grow up. Y'all can be two of the best receivers in the SEC. Yeah, it's time for y'all to grow up and get to work and, and, and you know, fill those two roles that are being left by Bayless Jones and Javante Payton. Like y'all can be that, but it's really it's really about you guys and the mentality that you take this off season. It's it's there for the taking for Hyatt and Callaway. Hour three, Swain event is coming up. Stay with us. <laughs> 